Hello, Napa Valley lovers. Spring has certainly sprung here in wine country. The vines have come back to life. The vineyards are just stunningly verdant. It's beautiful. And if you're not here already, get here. Enjoy what we've got going on. And if you are a local, get on out and have some fun with us. Of course, we're always happy to see you at Judd's Hill on Silverado Trail. We'll guarantee you a good time. If you'd like to come visit, check out www.juddshill.com where we have our visiting information. While you're there, pick up a little Pinot Noir. It's a great spring and summer sipper, and we will give you a deal special for our Judd's Napa Valley Show listeners. Any Pinot Noir that you get, whether it be our estate Pinot Noir or our Central Coast Pinot Noir, will give you 10% off when you type in JNVS, that stands for Judd's Napa Valley Show, into the shopping cart. And if you're one of our Judd's Hill Wine Club members, we'll give you a little better deal than that even. And if you're not a wine club member, join up. We're always having a great time, and we'd love to share with you. This 10% off deal for Judd's Napa Valley Show listeners is good through the end of May 2013. Wine club members always get a deal anytime. Now, on to today's show. My guest is called the king of the single-subject cookbook. He's written over 40 cookbooks. He's sold over 4 million copies of those cookbooks. He's one of the sweetest guys you could hope to meet. His name is James McNair. Enjoy the show. Judd's Napa Valley Show. Every episode, a veritable cornucopia of Finkel fun. It is a beautiful day here in Napa Valley. But as I've said before, that's redundant. It's always a beautiful day in Napa Valley. I'm excited today because we have a beautiful guest joining us on Judd's Napa Valley Show. Mr. James McNair, we'll meet him in just a moment. A couple things that are coming up I want to let you know. Um, Arts in April is still going on from the Arts Council Napa Valley. And the event that is uh, near and dear to me is coming up this Friday, April 26th. Where else? At Judd's Hill Winery. It is the closing night gala of Arts in April. I want you to be there. Anybody can come. Uh, Here's what we've got going on before I give you the link. We are doing a live taping of our web series, Wine Booty. And this is a pirate-themed wine show that we've been doing. In fact, if you go to winebooty.com, you can see some of the episodes. But we will be doing the first-ever live studio audience taping. Love for you to be a part of it. Our special guest on the show, besides Captain Wiley Raven, my trusted pirate sidekick, our guest is going to be uh, Gerald Casale from the band Devo is going to be joining us. That's going to be tons of fun. He's not only an artist, musician, film director, but he's also a wine connoisseur, extremely wine knowledgeable, uh, a wine educator, really a cool guy. So come on out this Friday, meet him. Meet the pirate, be a part of the live studio audience, and if you would like tickets, they're only $25. That gets you the legendary Pink's Hot Dog flown in from Los Angeles for the event, movie theater popcorn, Judd's Hill wine, and the show itself. Only $25. We've got um, only about 55 or 60 seats available, and there are a few tickets left. So if you go to juddshill.com, J-U-D-D-S-H-I-L-L dot com. Click on the events tab. There is the ticket link right there. You could also call the Arts Council in Napa. Get your tickets. Join us this Friday. Um, Something I want to let you know about also, my good friend and editor of Wine Booty. He was a classmate of mine when I was at the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism and Telecommunication at Arizona State University. We did television production classes together. Um, And he's become a filmmaker, and he's very nice to help me out with my little web series. But he has shot a a great documentary about a baseball team up in Alaska, the Anchorage Glacier Pilots. And he has started, guess what, a Kickstarter campaign to get it finished. So if you would like to help him out and at least read the story about the movie, go to kickstarter.com and look up Robert Barr, that's his name, and uh, the Glacier Pilots. Have a look. He sure could uh, use a little help, and it's a great project. One other thing, if you would like to have your band or you as a solo musician played on this very show, all you need to do is record your version of our theme song, which I'm going to play in just a moment. The theme song is only 30 seconds, but I will give you 90 seconds. 
you can record up to a 90-second version of our theme song, record it in MP3 format, and send it to my producer, Mr. Gil Lamar, to the following email address, judsproducer at gmail.com, and uh, we'll get that on the air. Let's start the show. Get ready for another heap full of fascinating things to know from witty and intriguing people on Judd's Napa Valley Show. No stale script and no rehearsing, live from a Napa studio. You may be that intriguing person on Judd's Napa Valley Show. On Judd's Napa Valley Show. Judd's Napa, Judd's Napa Valley, Judd's Napa Valley Show. And as promised, we do have a beautiful guest with us this morning. It's Mr. James McNair. Uh, welcome. Well, I'm delighted to be here, Judd. It's fantastic to have you here. We, we've got a lot to talk about. You are a busy guy. You have had incredible accomplishments uh, in the world of food. Um, I mean, best-selling cookbooks. You've written over 40? About cook- 42 cookbooks. 42 yeah. cookbooks. Uh, sales in the millions, I believe. Sales in the millions. I was one of the lucky ones. My goodness. Congratulations. Thank you. Now, what's interesting about your cookbooks to me is that each one focuses on a single subject. You don't go to a certain type of cuisine. It's James McNair's pizza, James McNair's rice, James a favorite in my family, James McNair's cakes. <laughs> right. Uh, I know that. In fact, we pull that out every, <laughs> every time there's a birthday in my family, we go to that book and whoever the birthday person is gets to choose a James McNair cake for the others to bake. I love hearing about that. <laughs> when Tallulah gets in the kitchen and whips up something with red food coloring everywhere, I love hearing that. <laughs> well, you made the, you did the photos in that book too. I mean, the, I did. the cake yeah. looks exquisite and beautiful. Well, thank you. And I, I, I really was conscious that it's not about decorating, but it's about making the cakes look good Mm -hmm. and in a style that anybody can duplicate. Well, that, you know, come to think of it, I hadn't really thought about it to that extent, but, you, but you're right. They all look beautiful, but none of them I don't are do, out of reach. I don't do piping and fancy designs on them, yeah. but I use a lot of natural things like flowers and leaves and chocolate curls and oh. easy things to do. Oh, and they're so And that's fantastic. one of my favorite books of all of my 42 is that cake book. How could it not be? Well, yes. <laughs> so what led to the to the single subject cookbook as opposed to, you know, looking at things in a broader sense? Well, when I decided to start doing these cookbooks, I looked around at what was missing and it was like, nobody's doing this, just focusing on one single subject and really exploring it. And a lot of times we go into the kitchen and we would just want to make pasta and we just want some recipes for pasta. And so just looking at a book that focuses only on that subject, um, I thought was a missing niche. And fortunately, it caught on. Mm-hmm. My, my very first one of those was called Cold Pasta. And there had oh, never, my goodness. Talk about single subject. <laughs> there had never been a book about pasta salads. In fact, you, I'd only seen one recipe in a magazine for a, a pasta salad, yet they were becoming popular in mm-hmm. delicatessens and gourmet takeout shops. And so I thought, well, let's do a book on it. And And I loved doing those single subjects because I get bored if I spend too much time on a project. So this Uh way I could just totally immerse myself in that particular subject and explore everything I wanted to about it and then move on to something else. Do your research and and off with it. Yeah. When was that first book? The first book um, in that Chronicle series was 1985. 85. Were you still in the... um gourmet food business? Did you still have your store at that time? I I had a store in um, early 80s in San Francisco called the Twin Peaks Grocery, and it was like one of the first uh, gourmet takeout stores in San Francisco, us and the Oakville Grocery, who had a a store in the city at that time. We we were sort of pioneers in that field and maybe a bit ahead of our time because the store only lasted a little over a year. Oh, that's it. But it was the hardest work I had ever done in my life. But the legacy still lives on. I still hear people. People still know about it. Yeah, Because it it made an impact and it was the recipes that I had created for that store that led to my first book. All of those cold pastas. You read my mind. That's where I was going with this. Was it there that you saw that cold pastas were catching on. Exactly. I got you. Um, where, where did the cooking begin? I mean, that was in the early 80s, but before that, 
you must have been quite a chef or well, a food enthusiast. Or Take me to the beginning of your culinary the be- life. The beginning of my culinary life would yeah. probably have been about five or six years old yeah. back in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. I My favorite game was pulling out pots and pans out of the <laughs> kitchen cupboards and playing with them and creating stuff. And when it would rain, going out and make divine creations out of mud. And then my mother noticed my interest in cooking and started showing me how to do things. I would ask questions and she would show me. And so by the time I was uh, a teenager, I was doing just about all of the family baking because that really appealed to me. Ah. Um, But but both my mother and my father were good cooks. My dad was a great meat cooker outdoors. I can still taste his barbecue chicken and, and his steaks that were unlike anything I've ever had. And then my grandmothers, both of them, were excellent cooks. And when I would visit them, they would show me how to do things. Even my fifth grade school teacher, Miss Eula Kane, got in uh-huh. on the act. And, what did and she teach you? She taught me how to make the best pecan pie. Oh, and my goodness. I still make her recipe with just a couple of tweaks since then. But I have sampled Miss Eula's pecan pie. You sure pie. have. That is incredible. So that's, that's where that came that's from. That's where it came from, my fifth grade school teacher. So it goes all the way back. Yeah. So then I, I did not plan a career in food. I um, went to college and studied education, and then I went to the Baptist Seminary in New Orleans mm. and be- got a master's in religious education and started off my career working for the Louisiana Baptist Convention. No kidding. Yeah, I was their first public relations director. Oh, so you weren't baking for their picnics or you were... <laughs> no, I would bring things to the to the uh, building potlucks and what right. have you, but uh, no, I had no thought of doing so you food were at that time. PR director of the... Louisiana, Louisiana Baptist Convention, and in that capacity, I wrote a lot of news releases mm-hmm. and booklets and produced big pageants. Uh, I remember one in a coliseum that had um, a cast of over 250 and a 2,000-voice choir oh, and right. was a big deal. It was a, It was a lot of fun, but then... I realized organized religion was not for me. Um, And so I went to New Orleans, and I taught in the public school system for a year. Oh. Oh, that was a doozy. I don't think I knew that. That must have been quite an experience. That was quite an experience. What ages were you working with? I taught fifth grade for one semester and sixth grade for one semester. Oh. And I think the... A middle school and pre-middle school. Right. That's, and that's I, I was teaching um, when Martin Luther King was killed. And I, we had been studying American history with the sixth graders. And I, I took my radio, my TV set, rather, into the classroom. And we were watching the funeral of Martin Luther King, which I thought was important because half of my kids were black. Mm-hmm. And it was an important event in our country's history. And I got a knock on the door from the principal and she motioned me outside and said, Mr. McNair, you will turn off that television right now. They are not going to watch that crap. No And kidding. it upset me so much. And I thought, I can't work in this school system. So, I mean, it seems like such an amazing moment to be able to talk to kids about I know. what this means. I thought it was terribly important meant. to their lives yeah. and all of our lives. So anyway, I yep. decided school teaching is not where I'm <laughs> supposed to be. So I next tried interior design and went off to New York to study at Parsons and never finished that program because I ended up in a flower shop (laughs) on Fifth Avenue where I was the uh, head floral designer and we had incredible clients like Tiffany and Bonwit Teller and Bloomingdale's and did wonderful things with flowers and met a lot of interesting People. Well, this experience certainly shows through in the photography of your books, too, the I way think, you style the food. But I, think I didn't mean to derail. Please no, continue. No, that's okay, because I, I learned a lot about styling and design and style, and, and I've tried to carry that through in my cookbooks. Um, and um, all that time, I was, I was cooking, um, learning things about food in New York that I had never imagined back in Louisiana, all yeah. kinds of cuisines and cultures and adding recipes. And, and my friends kept saying, oh, you should write a book, you know, but I hadn't even, didn't even think about doing such a thing. 
And then I came out to San Francisco to do a party for Tiffany uh, for their uh, first or 10th anniversary in the city. And I fell in love with California. And within a year, I had moved out here. And I lived in San Francisco for a long time. And that's when I started doing gardening books for ortho garden products. Right. And was it because of your your, um, background in the floral World with yes, I had met, I had met people in New York. Uh, the editor of House Beautiful magazine was a good friend, and he was hired to start up Ortho's uh, garden book series. And he thought I would be a good asset to that program. So I came out. I ended up writing a number of gardening books for Ortho Garden Products, and then moved into the kitchen when they wanted to do a book about pickling. <laughs> and I said, "Oh, I can yeah. do that one." So that's when I first started developing recipes for print. And I loved it and went on and did a few more cookbooks for them. And that led to my opening the Twin Peaks Grocery in San Francisco and at a catering company called Picnic Productions International. And what did you do there? We did some... Dumb question. Picnics? (laughs) Well, we did picnics, indoors, outdoor picnics, casual dining, um, Moroccan feasts, whatever anybody wanted and we could dream up. And it was operated out of our store. And that was a blast. And I think some of that work translated to my books as well when I did. Well, you were recently in my in my most recent book as a model for <laughs> burger parties. That's right. Which we staged these outdoor parties with burgers all over Napa Valley and photographed them. So that kind of goes back to that early beginnings for me, too. It, it seems like each experience that you've had in life has built to bring you to the next with you. We were writing the press releases and um, it's all built the PR for built the Baptist. on top of each other and Give nothing planned, experience. but somehow yeah. I landed in the right spot and doing the right thing, something I loved. And it's been very satisfying. Oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm very satisfied reading your books. Uh, so of the 42 books, do you find yourself going back to any well, that cake with, book with, that we just talked about. Okay, I, besides the cake, I, I go back to that. And then probably my most used book is a little book that my partner Andrew Moore and I did together called Afternoon Delights. Yes. And it's just, I think, about 15 recipes of the very best baked treats like lemon bars and brownies and cookies of all sorts. And we use that book all the time. There is a recipe in there. Oh, you'll have to remind me the name of the treat, but it has everything in it it's got uh, like butterscotch chips and it's got uh is there some toasted coconut and it comes yep. they're like brownies but so much more what is right the that's name? the seven layer bar oh it's my god made with coconut and and graham cracker crumbs and i mean it's a old classic um it was a pillsbury bake-off winner i think at one time is that right i sort of adapted it and modernized it and yeah that's a good one well i never had it like that it's, it's fantastic <laughs> that's an afternoon delights <laughs> and and so when naming that book, was there any, uh, let me put this lightly, um, well, double entendre? Uh, Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we called it our cookie book, not our nookie book. So <laughs> we had a lot of fun doing that little, little book. Another favorite of mine is my all-time bestseller, which is pizza. Which... Uh, that's the mortgage payer for me. Oh, and, <laughs> Did very well. Great dough. I I've yet to perfect my my own pizza dough, but I know that if I go back to the recipe of yours in that book, easy to follow, always comes out. It's great. kind of foolproof, yeah. Yeah, um, I, I I need to learn how to work with pizza dough better. It always tastes great. I'll have to have you come do a clinic well, for let, me or something let's like have that. Have a pizza night. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it always tastes wonderful. It's my own way of working with it. I'm not sure how I get it to. Uh, I want to be able to flip it up in the air and well, I'm not. And I'm not an air flipper. Show. I, I can't do that myself. But oh I, well, then I, never mind. I don't yeah, need to clean it. Everything to, else is fine. It's I learned, perfect. I've learned to stretch it with my hands on the on the countertop, and it gets great results. Fantastic. What um, what are some of your what are well. 
am I trying to say here? There's, there's all these single subject ones I want to talk to you about, but of course we only have an hour because I want to go through, okay, what's your favorite rice? What's your favorite cold pasta? But we'll move on. I'll just say to folks, you know, look up your books. They're, they're still out there. I looked on they're Amazon out the there. other day. They're, they're officially all out of print now, except the last two that I did on burgers. But uh, they are out of print, but they are available from Amazon.com. Um, I find them, and I have to buy them that way now too because the publisher has discontinued them. Oh, but I had a long run, you know, since 1985. Um, right. So I had a, a long and successful run with the books, but now I I call myself semi-retired from <laughs> that career. But which isn't to say I won't do more books. But I've been taking a break for the last couple of years, sort oh. of regrouping. But you've been busy. I stay busy. And I i don't want to get into it uh, at the moment. I want to save this for the second half. But you you have a, a bit of renown in the world um, as an internationally famous hamburger judge. Uh, but, I, but I don't want to start that conversation now. Well, let's get to we'll, that, we'll hold that after one. the break, which we're going to have to take in a couple minutes. But I do want to find out, you know, you have um, been around the world. You grew up in Louisiana. You were in New York, lived in New Orleans, San Francisco, but you're here in Napa Valley now, well, and you have been for years. And what, what brought you here? What inspires you to stay here? Well, I, I lived in San Francisco and, you know, would come up to Napa Valley uh, for an afternoon, but never had spent much time here until 1990. And the subject that you want to get into next, which is about burgers, brought me to Napa Valley. Uh I fell in love with it the weekend I first spent here. And um, I just think it's the most wonderful place on earth. You know, I, I know I could live anywhere, but I've chosen to live here, and I never get tired of it. I think Napa gets better and better all the time. Yeah, I'm very happy. So what direction have you seen it go in since you've been here? Oh, well, I can remember when we first came here, there wasn't much to do at night. We lived in St. Helena, and they rolled up the sidewalks, as you know, growing yeah, up, grew up there. there too. And uh, there wasn't anything to do but eat and drink. And now... Not so bad. I not mean. so bad. I love to do both of those. But um, now we have so many opportunities, so much world-class theater and music and all kinds of events going on. And our, the restaurant scene has just gotten better and better and... I can't think of a better place to live. Well, when you're heading out, if you've got just, uh, you know, a free night and you say, hey, uh, Andrew, why don't we just hit the town? Where uh, where do you like to end up? Do you like to have a cocktail, a meal? What's your thing? How do you go out and live it up in Napa Valley? <laughs> well, we live it up pretty well at home, too. We, well, uh, sure, you guys. We love making making cocktails and sitting out by the fountain and enjoying those last night. It was just idyllic here in Napa Valley. So we dined outdoors, which oh, is nice. always a treat for me. And we cook almost every night. We eat out um, a lot less than most people, I'm sure, because Andrew's a great cook, and I like to cook still. And Do you take turns, or is it we collaborative? Ta- we do, do a week at other? a time, oh. which works out very well. The person who cooks, plans all the meals, does the shopping, cooks, cleans the kitchen, <laughs> and the other person does everything else in the household duties. So it's worked out very well. I think we've been doing that about seven or eight years now. Wow, what a cool little division of labor. I mean, you share it all. Yeah, but then we do love going out to eat and trying new spots and... Which seem to be opening up every other day. I know, you can't keep up here anymore. Napa is definitely a town on the grow when it comes to uh, restaurants and hotels. It, 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 It really is making leaps and bounds. It's amazing to see the transition. Yeah, there was not a whole lot to do, but that has changed. We'll take a little break, some news, then we're going to get into the meat of your story. (laughs) Um, So stick around for more Judd's Napa Valley Show. Everyone's a Finkel friend on Judd's Napa Valley Show. And we're back with the show and my special guest, Mr. James McNair. We were talking about he's the king of the single subject cookbook with 42 titles to his name, over 4 million books sold. And basically, just fill in the blank with the name of a food, and you've probably written a cookbook about it. Is that right? Just about. Like James <laughs> McNair's blank. Ooh, that reminds me of Mad Libs. There. <laughs> <laughs> you've listened to the show. You know what's coming. Okay. Um, but so, so you were talking about how you've slowed down a little bit on those 
cookbooks because you've really been focusing for now. How many years has this been going on? This is Build a Better Burger. You are the world's most famous hamburger expert, and it's coming up again. Build a Better Burger is here for the 23rd summer. It's it's hard to believe how, how many burgers I have eaten in those 23 years, <laughs> but I love it. It's my favorite work that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been working for Sutter Home as a freelance judge for the 23 years since the contest began. I I got a call in 1990 from their um, marketing director, uh, Alex Morgan, who had an idea for a contest that would combine everyday food, like a burger, with their everyday wine because yeah. they, they people weren't drinking wine in the summertime. Their sales were way down. So he dreamed up this contest as a way to sell wine. And so it sounded appealing to me, and I came up and judged that first cook-off. And then um, that's why I ended up moving up here, because I fell in love with Napa Valley. And by the next year's... I love that. If folks say, what brought you to Napa Valley? You say, I love hamburgers. Hamburgers. (laughs) Well, hamburgers and a lost dog, but that's too long a story to go into today. (laughs) But he came back, so it was all... It had a good ending. Yes. But... um, I, I loved Napa Valley. I loved working on the burger contest. And I, it's, it's been fascinating to watch it grow from a little homespun contest where we had to bring in all of my friends to have an audience to watch it in the early <laughs> days to now it is... It was kind of like, hey, let's put on a show. Now I think uh, the wine industry recognizes it as one of the major promotions in the the wine world, and a lot of wineries are envious of Sutter Home's success with Build a Better Burger. We get thousands of entries every year. We've had up to 10,000 one, right? one 10, year. Is that right? 10,000? Yeah. Well, the Reci- pro- these are recipes. These are recipes and that people to try submit. Them all? Oh, no. We don't try them all. We oh. read them all first okay. and narrow them down to the top 30. And then those get cooked and sampled by um, preliminary judges who choose 10 that get to. Um, the 10 finalists who get flown out to Napa Valley for the weekend to cook their burgers. All right. So you get 10,000 more that's or less. That's our tops. It ranges from 3,000 to 10,000. You have thousands of entries every year. Yes. And this year, for the first time, California residents are able to enter. So, so you might even get more. But I need to ask, what... What tips do you have? If there's, How do you filter them down if you're reading them? If folks want to enter, and I know many of our listeners, at least right here on the KVON, are here in California. So what tips? Uh, well, th- I'm so excited because this is the first time since noticed? 1995 that Californians could enter because of a crazy law that got passed and has just been rescinded. That's so great. finally, wineries can have a, a contest for uh, Californians to enter. Uh, what we we score burgers on mostly on the taste. The but if vi- you're reading a recipe, well, that's how do you why we have down? professional uh, food people who do the reading of the recipes, and you can sort of visualize and imagine what it's going to taste uh-huh. because we've worked with written recipes forever. Okay, and so that's how they are they're chosen, and we look at creativity. You know, something that hasn't been done. It doesn't have to, you don't have to reinvent the wheel, but mm-hmm. give us a twist that makes it interesting. Uh, take an old classic recipe and turn that into a hamburger. I would venture that some, you've, you've probably read some recipes that were just folks trying to put too much of a twist. Oh, yeah. Oh, what, yeah. People try to get too fancy, too ornate, uh, too much work. Can you give me an example of something that just you read well, and laughed? Uh, um, well, the the one that comes to mind that really caused me to laugh was a Black Forest burger, where they <laughs> took the idea of a Black Forest cake and turned that into a burger what? with a cherry pie filling smeared on it and chocolate in the, in the uh, burger patty and whipped cream. I mean, it was just disgusting. Idea. <laughs> of course, we ne- it never got to the point where we we tested it. You never had to taste it. You never know. No way. Uh uh-uh. uh But uh, we know. have had some amazing burgers, and you know, I my first suggestion is if you want to enter the contest, go to buildabetterburger.com and read about the history of the contest. Look at the recipes that have won or that have been finalists over the years, and you will get ideas of what's already been done mm-hmm. and what's not 
been done. And I also have on that website some uh, tips for making good burgers and for for getting chosen, et cetera, et cetera. So this year, uh, we are holding the cook-off in May, which is a departure. It used to always be at the end of September. Yeah. But it's going to be in May, and it's the cook-off for the people who entered last year. So it's the 2012 contest that oh. ended at the end of last year and were chosen. And now they're co- those finalists are coming out uh, to Sutter Home. Uh, on May 12th, uh, May 18th, excuse me, mm-hmm. to um, make their burgers. And I've got some great judges joining me in, in sampling those burgers. But we also just opened the 2013 contest <laughs> on April 1st. So that will run all summer up and through Labor Day. And people, that's when you can enter for next year's cook-off. All right. And it's $100,000, folks, so um, we'd love to give that to somebody from Napa Valley. $100,000 to, to create, to create the a best hamburger, burger. As judged by Mr. James McNair, our guest, and a panel of Renowned. who are these folks? Well, this year's uh, panel, in addition to myself... Um, for the first time, we've invited the previ- a previous winner back. So last oh, year's that's good. grand prize winner, Jennifer Beckman from Falls Church, Virginia, uh, will be coming back as a judge. We have Katie Chin, who is the culinary ambassador to City of Hope Hospitals Cancer Research oh, in Los okay. Angeles, because Sutter Home is a big supporter of that program. It's a great so, program. So uh, she's good. a wonderful chef, um, and she'll be joining me, as well as Kevin Coleman, who's the public face of Weber Grill, who's one of our uh, big sponsors now and provides the grills for the cook-off. Yeah, he must know burgers inside he and out. He knows burgers inside out. And then we have Mr. Barbecue of the World, Stephen Raiklin, who's oh, written yeah. lots of barbecue and grilling books, and he's coming from Florida to uh, be our fifth judge. Fantastic. So it's a good group. I'm looking forward to working with them. That's some good pedigree there. So if your burger is judged best uh, by that group, you deserve that $100,000. Is there still an appearance on the Today Show? Well, uh, our winner usually is flown on Saturday when the contest ends to New York and appears on Monday on the Today Show. We're not quite certain that's working this year, but they will appear somewhere for a, the big announcement, and um, it's very exciting for them. Oh, and, of course. And what a whirlwind. You're handed a check for $100,000, voted whisked, the best burger, and whisked then whisked off, off immediately to New, to New York. Yes. To be on national TV yeah. two days later. That's now, let incredible. me point out also that we have a, another prize because that grand prize can only go to a beef burger because National Cattlemen's Beef Association is a major sponsor. Uh-huh. But we have an alternative burger category where anything that can be ground up and formed into a <laughs> patty and cooked on a grill and served on a bakery product can be uh, eligible for a $15,000 prize. Hey, that's nothing to sneeze at, but nothing that does make the at. question. I'm sure you've had uh, turkey, chicken, fish, uh, pork, I'm sure... Is there anything really kooky that folks have said you can ground up and make a burger out of? Well, I'm not partial to armadillo, but we oh. have had armadillo burger entries and alligator <laughs> and what have you. They haven't made it to the contest yet, but I, I wouldn't put it past them. What I'm really looking forward to... I'd love to see the wines that would be recommended with armadillo. <laughs> exactly. I'm really looking forward to the day when we have a vegetarian burger that makes it to the contest. Has none ever made it? We had the very first year we had a um black eyed pea burger and it was actually very tasty. It was from a guy in Louisiana. Right. Uh, but since then we have not had a vegetarian burger make it to the contest. I think part of it is it's hard to grill a mm. veggie patty. It wants to fall apart. And that's one of the prerequisites. It has to be cooked on a grill, which doesn't mean that you couldn't cook it in a skillet on the grill or in a griddle uh, on the Listen grill. up folks, I think so he's giving you a little hint. There's a good tips. tip there for those who want to try a good veggie burger. Gee, why not? I mean, get get creative. This is a chance um, for a hundred. No, no, fifteen thousand. That would be fifteen thousand exactly. And no television appearance. <laughs> no television appearance for them. Exactly. <laughs> but sure, your name gets in the paper. You guys get a lot of press. For we this. get a lot of publicity all across the country, so it, it's a big deal. And. Um, I'm just thrilled it's back in Napa Valley this year because the last two cook-offs had to be held out of state because someone complained to the ABC about the alcoholic beverage control about 
Are we violating the rules? And thankfully, all that got worked out in the legislature last year, and it's perfectly legal now to hold such contests in California. Uh, it's now legal in California to have a hamburger cook-off. Yes, isn't that <laughs> interesting? Sponsored by a winery. Yes. <laughs> what Land a of the free, indeed. Yeah. Um, what... Um, what is the chance of folks coming to this? I know it's somewhat exclusive. Uh, it used to be open to the public, and we sold tickets, and we had like 500 guests, but it became too much for the chefs to handle um, a crowd of that size. So now it's limited to f- the sponsors and their distributors, and it's very hard to get in. Invited guests. It's invited guests only, I'm sorry like to say, yes. Well, I guess you can tune in um, via there. Was there a web or it was on Food? Well, it was on Food Network yeah. for four years, and they still show those shows. I'm sure they're going to show them again this summer. But I think the plan, I haven't heard the details yet, but I, there are plans that it will be some sort of web broadcast during the day that people can tune in to the Build a Better Burger blog and watch step-by-step <laughs> step happenings on May 18th, uh, oh, direct from the Sutter Home Victorian in St. Helena. Yeah, very cool. So that'll be um, hopefully some live video. And the videos, you've made some videos, too, about burger parties, have you not? Yes, to promote the uh, Burger Parties book, which was my last book a couple of years ago. Uh, we did a, a four webisodes uh, that you can see on YouTube. Um, what do you look up Burger Parties? Look up Burger Parties, and you'll find them. Yeah. James McNair. Or Sutter Home, any of those All names. Those. We'll find those. They're very cute. They're fun. Yeah, but you have a luau party, I think. We do, and we used some of your tiki collection yeah. in, in the I'm filming. What, what are the other uh, themes that you've filmed webisodes? Gosh, the, I did. The book a, itself has... Has themed parties. Themes yes. throughout. We took winning burgers and created a party around those with side dishes and appetizers and desserts. And um, let's see, we did a webisode of a Southwest Fiesta, the um, Hawaiian theme. Um, gosh, what else did we do? I'm drawing a total blank here. Oh, go. A Place in the Sun, which was a tr- salute to Napa Valley. Uh-huh. And, um, oh, a, a party, an evening party called Sip and Slide, which Ooh. combined making sliders and <laughs> sipping wines, which uh, was a great, great fun evening. I kind of like the idea of sipping wine, having sliders, and a slip and slide all together. There you go. I mean, bocce is very big here, as you know, in Napa Valley. Bocce is very big, yes. That's the next big thing. Folks like to roll their... The bocce balls down well, we, the court while sipping wine. I think we the next donated thing is Sutter Home in the burger contest. Donated to Napa Valley uh, Opera House an auction lot uh, for the last two years for the big gala that they do, and it's burgers and bocce held at the new Trincaro Culinary Center in Saint Helena. And last year's winners were ecstatic. It was a fabulous evening, and we served them wonderful burgers, and then ended up down on their bocce ball court and was great fun. I can think of nothing better except if you had that same party and instead of a bocce, it was a slip and slide. There you go. Slip and slide <laughs> party. An evening of... Sounds like a, a Judd's Hill number to me. You know, we don't have a good lawn. I mean, it does. That's it would true. Fit yeah, you need a lawn. We need this. a good lawn. We could put it out there on our crush pad. Maybe out in the driveway. The Maybe vineyard, some AstroTurf. That, that would be pretty rough on the uh, chest as you were sliding down. No. AstroTurf, that goes along with <laughs> our... Uh, theme, you know, our stage whenever we have events at the wineries, the AstroTurf stage. Yeah, I love your AstroTurf stage. Maybe that's it. Get some soft turf, put down the um, plastic on top. All right, James, you've given me a good idea. All right, forget it. Sutter Home, you can't have the slip and slide party. I'm (laughs) calling that for myself. Um, So burgers are on your mind. Burgers are always on my mind. And I know you're also very into multicultural cuisine. In fact, um, we had this you and I, I mean, we are friends outside of this studio as of well. Um, you know, our family and you guys, and then our friend uh, Mukta, who's of Indian right. heritage. We had this year-long progressive dinner party, which I would recommend to anybody listening. Try to set one of these up. It was so fun. We had all these folks, um, you know, dear friends who are of different cultural heritages, you know, and we decided that every couple months it seemed mm-hmm. we would go to another one of our homes and that person would cook a meal based on their 
cultural heritage. And you turned me on to some Southern stuff that I had never encountered, like pimento cheese and Hoppin' John. and Exactly. Those were great dishes. fun. And we kept it vegetarian because Mukta is vegetarian. And so we all created these wonderful... Which I felt did not detract from anything. Not at all. Was... Not at all. I mean, it was kind of hard to cook Southern vegetables without throwing some pork fat in there. But <laughs> uh, I found ways to make it wonderfully tasty. And that was really fun. It was a fun idea. It's great. It's very social. It's very um, delicious and a great way to explore other cultures. Other people's cultures and backgrounds. In fact, it inspired me a little bit. We've, um, I'm working on creating a, um, not really a holiday, but it's a, a weekend-long event coming up uh, in June, which we're calling Narcho de Junio, (laughs) which celebrates multicultural uh, togetherness and understanding through eating and drinking of uh, the best way to learn a culture, I think. And uh, Narcho de Junio, the name, (laughs) it it came from um, my little niece, who I I thought this was so cute. She was learning Spanish. Uh, This is already a couple years ago. She's she's what? She's... uh, well, she was about two and a half, maybe three when she said this. And uh, she was learning Spanish, and she was counting in front of me. And she was saying, uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis, siete, narcho. <laughs> <laughs> she got nueve and ocho together as narcho. And I Very thought it cute. was funny. And, and I took that, and it inspired me. Like, that's what we should call it. It's, it's, a, it's a blending right there, a blending of language and a blending of culture. So... Um, we take Nueve and Ocho of Junio, um, so the, the event will take place over two days, and details will be coming soon through this show. Sounds like uh, fun. Calling it Narcho de Junio, and uh, I would love for you to be involved in some way. If nothing else, just join me for a meal. Sounds great. It'll be a good time. Sure. We've talked about your amazing experiences in the world of food, um, your achievements, but you are also quite the impresario as well in the world of theater. Well, I've recently uh, joined the board of Lucky Penny Productions, um, which we call Napa's premier theater company. It's a wonderful little company. uh, Started four years ago by Barry Martin and Taylor Bartolucci, and they presented unusual plays um, at the Opera House and other places around Napa. And last, this year, this past year, we did our, after I came on the board, we we did our first musical. I Love You Because at Napa Valley Playhouse, which was wonderful. And then our the second musical was um, the Great American Trailer Park musical starring Taylor as Pippi the Stripper. It was just <laughs> one of those unexplainable, delightful evenings. You could have run that another month easy. People oh, could not e- get people tic- c- I could You not get couldn't tickets. get, I couldn't get you in. <laughs> it was so, so loud. I all of a sudden had a free moment and said, I want to see that show. It's been getting great reviews. The oh, buzz it was, around it town was fantastic. I couldn't get in. Congratulations. Well, thank you. And now we have our biggest project to date, which is Funny Girl at the Opera House. Six performances starting May 10th. Uh, tickets are selling very well, so good, I encourage good. people to, to get on board and get their tickets Where do soon. they get the tickets? Uh, Napa Valley Opera House, nvoh.org, or you can call 707-226-7372. And uh, can I put in a plug for our Kickstarter of program? Course. We have a, this is a big budget for a little theater company, $55,000 budget. And wow. I, uh, Barry Martin and Alexis Handelman and I have been the fundraising people. And we have almost finished collecting the funds that we need for this show. But our final piece is a Kickstarter program um, where we're trying to raise one-tenth of the budget, 5500 And as of this morning, we still need about $2,000 more, and we have seven days to go. And the way Kickstarter works, as you know, if we don't reach the goal, we don't get any of that money. So if you have $10 to spare or $200 to spare... Or $2,000 to, to spare. Or $2,000 be even greater... Uh, go to kickstarter.com and look up Funny Girl. There's a great video. You'll hear some of Taylor's wonderful 
songs. I mean, this girl was born to play the role of Fanny Bryce. She will be so incredible. We're very excited. And my partner, Andrew, is in the show. He gets to sing the big bridal number while the Zegfield girls come down the stage. Oh, he's so perfect for it. He's excited about that. And wonderful local cast, Barbara Nimco, uh, Michael Ross, uh, Kitty Fletcher, all kinds of wonderful, talented so people local, but from very, right here in our community. Very good. I mean, this is all professional This is going to be a high-quality, professional performance. Um, we can't wait. We're so excited about it. So that starts May 10th. May 10th for six, two weekends. We're up against Bottle Rock for the first weekend. So we need local people who will brave the crowds and come downtown for those first three shows. And then I have no doubt that the second weekend, uh, which will be the 17th, 18th, and 19th, will be sold out. Oh, fantastic. Uh, is there a Lucky Penny website folks can check uh, out? Yes, you can look at luckypennynapa.com. LuckyPennyNapa.com. James, do you go nuts for donuts? Uh, yeah, I like donuts. I, I try not to have them around because I will eat them. Well, too bad because, as you see, I have this oh, pink box that right pink here. Box. And I have cleverly numbered it one to six. So what I would like you to do is just pick a number, one to six. I will take number three. Okay, go ahead. There it is, number three, and you have oh, chosen boy. number three is I the. Have chosen... What is this? <laughs> <laughs> that is called. That doesn't look like any donut I've ever seen. You know, I, I don't. <laughs> it's like a big. It's a donut. It's a dough knob, is what oh, that is. Oh boy, it looks hearty. It's like a buttercream. No, excuse me, a buttermilk cone or something they mm. call it with glaze. So I want you to take a bite, which mm. you're doing. You're sitting here in Napa Valley. Nice glaze. And if you were to pour yourself a glass of wine or fix up a side dish to go with that glazed buttermilk cone, what would that be? How does that buttermilk cone well, uh, inspire you? What really comes to mind is a cup of coffee right now. Hey, this is Napa Valley. Perfect with okay, it. Okay, well, go ahead. Where would you get that coffee? There's some fabulous uh, places here in Napa that roast their own or put their oh, own yeah. blends together. Napa so Valley Roasting we're... Company, Pete's, all kinds of good places. But I, I know this is wine country, so... You can say coffee. I'm, I'm also thinking sparkling Moscato Ooh. would be kind of nice with this. All right, a little sparkling. It would lighten it up, I think. This is a heavy donut. It's, it's delicious. It's I love it's like, the glaze. It is a fistful. <laughs> the fine folks at Buttercream Bakery here in uh, Napa provided those. And uh, today, quite literally, I went to pay for the donuts on my way in, reached in, didn't have my wallet on Oh, me. no. The lady was so sweet. She says, you're in here every week. She knows you. Take care of us next time. Yeah. So I want to thank them for that. All right. So sparkling Moscato, something a little bubbly, crisp, yeah. sweet to go with that. Yeah. Sounds good to me. James, I know you are no stranger to the famous party game known as Mad Libs. <clears throat> I've been um, I've been lucky enough to uh, I've been invited to party at your own home where you have conducted this game on numerous occasions. I to, think we've done Halloween versions of this. Yes, game. to great laugh hilarity, <laughs> laughing riots. So you know how this works. At this point, I need a number two. The number two. Um, an adjective that you would call someone, like, hey, that's a... It's a sweetie pie. Sweetie pie. Okay. <laughs> After having that donut, it there you comes go. to mind. Sweetie pie. A decade. Mm, thinking funny girl, the 1920s. 1920s. A verb ending in I-N-G. Butchering. <laughs> Butchering. Did you ever get into that? Was that part of your culinary training? Did you ever... uh, a little bit, you know, boning chickens and ducks and that kind of stuff. But You could take apart a, a bird. I can. Yeah. I don't like to, but I can. Let someone else do it. Yes. <laughs> uh, an adjective. Mm, purple. Purple. All right. That's a good one. A verb past tense. Despised. Oh, <laughs> I'm afraid of where this may be going. You never know. Uh, a plural noun. Thinking of burgers, cows. Cows. All right. And, um, oh, this says same as last, so we use cows <laughs> again. And now Mr. James McNair, best-selling cookbook author, celebrity hamburger judge, theater impresario, 
here's a snippet of your life taken off of your very own bio that is posted on the Build a Better Burger website. <laughs> it's a pretty long bio with many of your accomplishments, so I only took a small snippet. But are you ready to learn about your life as rewritten by you just now? Absolutely. Okay, here we go. With 40 cookbook titles published and two copies sold, <laughs> congratulations, <laughs> Thanks. James has been hailed by food writers from coast to coast as the sweetie pie of the single subject cookbook. Oh, I like that. I like that. <laughs> you are a sweetie pie. I think anybody who knows you knows that that's true. Oh, in the late 1920s, <laughs> book reviewers credited him with single-handedly butchering <laughs> a purple look in cookbook formats. Okay. You, okay. You are an innovator, sir. His highly acclaimed kitchen library series published by Chronicle Books has been despised <laughs> by critics and readers alike. <laughs> oh. oh, I'm glad that's not so. <laughs> Oh, this is interesting. Three of his cows have received International <laughs> Association of Culinary Professional uh, Cow Awards <laughs> nominations. I grew some pretty <laughs> fine cows, I guess. And that is your life in the oh. world of Mad Libs. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness is right. Um, James, what are you baking later? You what must I'm, be up to something. I, I've never known you not to have a uh, <laughs> a cake in the works or a cookie. Uh, sometimes you even just kind of swing by. It's been a little while. You've been busy. But once in a while you say, we've got a batch of such and such. Well, Come and get some. I've been on a very health kick lately, so I'm not eating a whole lot of sweets. But about once a week we do make something decadent and enjoy it, usually on Sundays. And this Sunday, I'm thinking about strawberry shortcakes because oh. I got some good strawberries and some wonderful, buttery, rich, delectable biscuit to serve those with. And I like to put a little crystallized ginger in that shortcake batter. And oh, boy. They're yummy. So I'm looking forward to that with some nice whipped cream. Oh, boy, does that sound good. And will you be drinking a sweet Moscato with <laughs> well, that strawberry shortcake? Possibly. And I want to ask a tip. You know, are, do you get your strawberries uh, locally at any of the stands here? What do you like to get them? We're just I, getting into season here. Well, I've been getting really good ones lately from Whole Foods. Their, their organic strawberries right now are very tasty. I, I normally, during the once the farmer's market opens, I usually buy there. So uh, I'm looking forward to, to the market opening. I think we have like another week or two. Uh, first Saturday of May, I guess it opens. I should have that in front of me. That's something I like to do, but it's usually May through October. May through correct? October. It's one of my favorite things to do every week in Napa Valley. You get some really good things. I will look forward to seeing you at the farmer's market. James McNair, uh, thank you for being my guest today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Well, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, Judd. And um, let's see, go on Amazon.com and find some cookbooks by James McNair. Basically, as we said, fill in the blank. James McNair's pasta, James McNair's rice, James McNair's cakes, James McNair's pizza, James McNair's treasury of all good recipes. What, what Which is, is, the, what that's is the called favorites. Favorites. That's the big volume, yes. That's a good one. Thanks for <laughs> being with us on Judd's Napa Valley Show. It was my Napa Valley Show.